Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conspiracy Pill, the Mostly Hinged Conspiracy Podcast. I'm your host, PJ Williams, and with me, as always, is Abby Libby. Abby, how are you doing today? I am great, and it's really making my night to see all the people in all the chats. Shout out to the YouTube chat, and the Rumble chat, and the Odyssey chat, and the other YouTube chat, and everyone else who's tuning in. Thanks for being here. Yeah, wow. There's so many people here already. I'm just watching your guys' comments rolling. This is really awesome because tonight is a very special night for us. We are going to be wrapping up season one of Conspiracy Pill. We're going to be talking about Project Bluebeam, and we're going to be kind of doing a look back at everything that we've done over the last six months, talk about the different conspiracy theories, what updates we have for them, um, and just kind of talk about where we're going to be going forward from here because it's been... I don't know what you think, Abby, but I think this has been an incredible six months, and uh, you guys here just make all this worth it and make me excited to be here every Wednesday. Uh, yeah. It has been insane, and I've said this to PJ multiple times, and I'll say it to you guys. This show has been growing at exactly a rate just outside my comfort zone. So if it was growing any faster, I would be losing my mind, and as is, I'm just blown away and barely keeping up with my personal growth <laughs> to keep up with you guys. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, that's the thing, too, is we're always trying to improve. I know Abby just got a brand new camera that's really nice. looks super good. Um, so we're obviously making improvements uh, on the tech side. We've got some new things that we're trying out to make the streams better. I mean, if you guys watch episode one and compare it to now, I'm sure you'll notice all kinds of things that we've been doing better, uh, tech that looks better and things like that. So and uh, just going to keep growing and keep doing this every every week. I'm excited for it. So um, I know that Abby's presenting our episode tonight, but I, I wanted to talk about Project Bluebeam before we get into like all that stuff, because <laughs> obviously I've seen your guys' comments. You what guys are probably <laughs> trying to say is that he called me today and he's like, Abby, I know it's your night, but can I like have the first part to talk about aliens? Thanks. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I just <laughs> obviously with everything going on this week, it was like I was getting so many messages like. What's Project Bluebeam? Uh, where do we find this information? We've talked about it before, so I referenced people to our episode we did in the beginning of January call, called The Alien Invasion is Coming or something like that, uh, where we kind of del- dived deeper into what Project Bluebeam is. Obviously, we talked about this back on the Raelians episode. We're going to be going through all that. We're going to be circling back <laughs> Jen Psaki style uh, to you know how we got to where we're at, obviously. But uh, this week has been crazy with the news. Uh, Project Bluebeam has been trending on Twitter all this stuff. So I want to kind of give people who are new to the show and people who want to uh, um, some more information that we haven't provided before on this and why I think it could be related to what's going on. Uh, so I'm going to steal this from Abby for like 15 minutes and then you could kick me out of kick me out of the seat and take over. Um, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we haven't got to the Kanye stuff. That's later in the episode. Uh, so first of all, shout out to our locals channel. Uh, Luke Allen 5097 and Ronnie Two Keys are two latest uh, paid subscribers to our locals channel. And we just actually recorded a locals episode that is going to be released tomorrow. So you guys will get another bonus episode tomorrow. So thank you guys for that. So anyway, Oh, and shout out to waffle for uh, supporting us on YouTube tonight. I think first YouTube member ever. We have our first YouTube member. We do. Nice. So waffle, you have a badge now and you've got like uh emotes you can put in the chat that we put up and we'll, yeah. we'll add to that. So I think there's like a little, I don't know. There's like an alien emote and a surveillance bird one and a gay frog and all the good stuff. So yeah, all um, the perks for being in bed with big tech. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So thank you, Waffle. We appreciate that. Um, let me see. So obviously this week, last few weeks, really, 
Uh, all the news has been about spy balloons and UFOs and thing like things like that. And I don't want to bore you with all the details that you guys have already seen. I see this over here lit. Yes, I know. PJ alien meme guy. I'm going to be that for like 15 minutes. We'll, we'll get through it. Uh, so obviously it started with a spy balloon that floated across the U.S. At least we assume it's a Chinese spy balloon. Um, and then after that, we saw a unidentified object shot down over Alaska. And as we've talked about this, a lot of people are like, it's just another spy balloon. I don't know why you're getting so excited. I'm not even I'm not even the one that's getting as excited about this. I think the government and the way they're talking about this is why I think this is so important. So what we've heard from the pilots and what we've heard from the government is that this was not a balloon. It was cylindrical in shape and about the size of a small car. Some of the pilots said that they could not figure out how it was staying afloat or how it was moving through the sky. If it's a balloon, I don't like, here's the thing. They say balloon when it's balloon. And with this, they're not saying it. And they're saying they don't know how it's staying afloat. If it's a balloon, I don't think that that's in question. Like how it's, you know, this sounds more like the pill shaped objects that we saw like around Nimitz, except they're saying that it's unmanned and small. So I'm not sure what it is. We really don't have a lot of info. And I think the interesting thing that got on people's radar is when in that press conference, uh, I can't remember the general's name. He came out and he's like, we're not ruling out aliens, which is pretty interesting to say. So we're getting two theories here. We're getting two things from the government. It's not man-made probably. Also, it's nothing to worry about. Also, it didn't have any way to attack us. Also, it was a danger. It's been really back and forth and weird and uh, yeah, it's it's whatever you need it to be right. to just follow along with whatever the government wants. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. So uh, after this, we had another one that was shot down in Canada um, and they gave the same kind of description as the previous one in Alaska. And these were both close. I guess it basically crossed over Alaska and into Canada and it was uh, shot down there again by the U.S. government. But the Canadians take responsibility for it because they told us to do it, which is very <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> Very Canadian to be like, we shot this thing down by using the people to the south that have a real army uh, and a real air force. Um, then I thought this was interesting. On Sunday before the Super Bowl, we had an area of Lake Michigan where they shut down the airspace, which was near Traverse City. And then it crossed. I, I'm assuming it's the same craft is the reason. I don't really know. They haven't said, but it crossed over to Lake Huron, which is on the other side of the state. And that's where it was shot down. And this one's weird because they're calling it octagonal, which I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means it's a balloon. All of these things have gone down in the water. Octagonal means eight sided. No, I know what that means, but I mean, I don't know if it means that this was a like a eight sided balloon shape thing. like that. That's all they've said is octagonal. Oh, they haven't said it's a balloon. It's not a balloon. Just it's octagonal. One of the reports I saw, I saw said it was octagonal with, what looked like strings hanging off of it, which makes me think balloon, but I, I don't, I don't know. They're being really weird about it. Um, over on Odyssey, we have a, should we just call them tips? Like I, I want to say we, we need, we need one word. For I think they're all called the hyper chats, chats, aren't they? We'll just, yeah, I don't know. We'll call them something. Yeah. We got a money chat. <laughs> we'll call it mostly hinge support from you guys. We got mostly. Okay. It's what, <laughs> I don't even know what the They're library um, coins is what they are. It's like it's a cryptocurrency. Okay. Well, we've got point two of those from Avatar Ang. PJ, do you think we'd be doomed if it actually was aliens? Well, we'll get into that because I don't think it's aliens, but uh, obviously well, well, I want to talk about that in a second, but obviously like the most sane, rational way to look at this is that uh, 
China's gearing up for some type of conflict with the United States. So okay. uh, obviously the first spy balloon we were told is a spy balloon from China. It's weird because like China's not really saying it is and they're not really saying it's not. So it depends on which source you go with and if you trust that they're whatever they're saying. Um, and some evidence to this might actually be linked to this train crash in Ohio. We'll get into the, the things that I think it is first, but I'm just going to go through this first. So there's a train uh, derailment in New Palestine, Ohio, and it, the government is saying it was a mechanical failure. A lot of people are saying that it's possibly sabotage, that there's a lot of evidence that there's been a lot of trains sabotage over the years and that we just haven't been paying attention, mostly because they're not creating the sky uh, to look like they're not making the sky with big giant black circles in them and killing everybody's pets. So, uh, but one of the things I found interesting is that China is actually using this uh, train derailment as propaganda in their state. And I just want to play this for you guys really quick. Ohio chemical spill became the number one national topic on Weibo, which is Chinese version of Twitter. And Chinese media are using words as Chernobyl disaster or Fukushima nuclear disaster to describe it. There are also tons of reporting covering the reporter got arrested. I agree with the original video I stitched too, like the government is hiding stuff. This is a good mirror case compared to xenophobia in the West. This is spreading xenophobia against the US in China. This whole propaganda is pushed by China's state media. Chinese people is already knowing Ohio just like US citizens knows Wuhan. And in the entire comment section, people are not showing compassion concerns, but they're saying America deserves us, or this is what a toxic government allowed us to happen. This is yeah, so basically they're using this as propaganda. You can look at this in two ways. Either China just wants to find any time another country screws up and then point at it and be like, see, we're not that bad we only welded your doors shut during covid and like locked you inside your buildings till you died uh while there's house fires and stuff right so china needs to make somebody look like they're you know worse than china you could look at it like that you could look at it as this is china caused this china's spying on us also there was china on sunday reported they saw some type of ufo and chased it down which could be us spying on them i imagine we're both spying on each other with balloons and satellites and whatever so that's not the part that's interesting to me um but what what's one thing that people brought up is that this might not be Chinese sabotage. This might be part of another um, conspiracy theory, which is something that we've probably both talked about, which is climate lockdowns. We've seen this happening in mm. Germany and places like that. And maybe they're trying to do something to create such a catastrophe that we will do what the government says and lock ourselves down and not drive and work from home if we have to. Because uh, I still think climate lockdowns I mean, they've talked about this. They've kind of broadcast that they want this and they've tested it out in Europe already. So could be part of climate lockdowns. Uh, we also saw nitric acid spill in Arizona the next day and another train derailment in Houston, Texas. Again, I don't know if the train derailments are just now we're noticing them kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like there could be train derailments yeah. all the time and we don't talk about it. Yeah. And as soon as you start looking for something, you see it everywhere. I, I feel like we've been having more and more train slash metro derailments since I was in college, I started noticing them. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> that leads me to my theory though, that this is not uh, primarily about a United States Chinese conflict. This is not just China sabotaging our rails or the government trying to cause climate lockdowns, that this might be something linked to project Bluebeam or something also known as project Skybeam. 
And I want to start by saying that this has not just, and we've talked about Serge Manasse, uh, which we'll get into a little bit, but this didn't start with Serge Manasse. This actually started with the Nazi scientist that NASA hired, uh, Werner von Braun. And here is an interview with Dr. Carol Rossen. I'm just going to play a minute of this uh, where she's talking about this idea going all the way back to Werner von Braun. So check this out. The strategy that Werner von Braun taught me was that first the Russians are going to be considered to be the enemy. In fact, when I met him in 74, they were the enemy, the identified enemy. We were told that they had killer satellites. We were told that they were coming to get us and control us, the dirty commies, that whole story. First, the Russians were the enemy against whom we're going to build space-based weapons. Then terrorists would be identified, and that was soon to follow. We heard a lot about terrorism. Then we were going to identify third world country crazies. We now call them nations of concern. So now we, we've already seen all of that take place, right? We've seen the war with Russia, you know, the Cold War. Then we saw the war on terror. Now that we got the third world crazies or whatever. I mean, you, I guess you could like link North Korea into this was the next threat that we were talking about. And this is where she gets into the blue beam stuff. But he said that would be the third enemy against whom we would be needing to build space based weapons. And the next enemy was asteroids. Now at this point, he kind of chuckled the first time he said it. Asteroids against asteroids were going to build space-based weapons. So it was funny then. And the funniest one of all was against what he called aliens, extraterrestrials. That would be the final card. And over and over and over during the four years that I knew him and was giving his speeches for him, he would bring up that last card and remember, Carol, the last card is the alien card. We're going to have to build space-based weapons against aliens. And all of it, he said, is a lie. A lie. So Werner von Braun first puts out the idea of using aliens as a tactic for the new enemy, right? We, we had the Cold War. We, we made an enemy out. Of, it's so funny when you look back how many people predicted that the war on terror would follow the Cold War. And then you see stuff like 9-11 happen, which we'll, we'll talk about here yeah. in a minute, right? Like this was all planned for a long time. Um, so that's Werner von Braun. Now going back to Serge Manasse, if you want to know more in depth about him, because we've got a lot of stuff to get to tonight, we have an episode titled uh, Alien Invasion Incoming, which we go through all the steps that Serge Manasse lays out for Project Bluebeam. Uh, and we kind of give our opinions on how that might have changed over the years. But I want to point out step one, because this is interesting, talking about other things that are going on in the world, not just the the blimps and the UFOs, right? Uh, step one, this is right out of the book, consists of a series of earthquakes during which the New World Order will fake archaeological findings that will negate the beliefs of most of humankind. This step wait, 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 like Revelation earthquakes in various places? Yes, yes, yes. So he goes... Uh, the earthquakes will negate uh, beliefs of most of humankind. This step is meant to weaken humanity's faith in their current religions, particularly Christianity and Islam. Now we just had a massive earthquake in Turkey, which again, like it'd be interesting. Maybe this earthquake will magically unearth some archeological dig. We don't know that that would be the next step. If project Bluebeam is being enacted, according to Serge Manasse, but I find it interesting that as soon as the Turkey earthquake happened, we started seeing these articles pop up everywhere. Israel can expect similar slights or similar sites to Turkey if major quake strikes official was warned. So there are many articles on the Internet directly after Turkey has an earthquake saying Israel's going to have the next earthquake. 
which I find interesting because if you're talking about religious fines, I would think places like Turkey and places like Israel would be the places that would have these government caused earthquakes. Mm. Right. So, and then the second part of Serge Manasse's uh, Project Bluebeam, and again, eventually this is basically the idea that they will fake an alien invasion, get people to follow one world religion and one world government. That's just the summary of it. Um, but step two is to use satellite projections to broadcast strange lights and holograms in the sky. And interestingly enough, this was proposed by our own government as far back as 1990. Uh, here's a quote from a Washington Post article. This is this is the Washington Post article when seeing and hearing isn't believing. And it says, what if the U.S. projected a holographic image of Allah floating over Baghdad, urging the Iraqi people and army to rise up against Saddam? A senior Air Force officer asked in 1990. So we know our own government has talked about using projections and that they have the technology to do use projections of aliens, of religious figures, of things like that to control people. They proposed it. 30 years ago in Iraq during the Gulf war. People are so ready for aliens <clears throat> right. too. And in that's like, why in a religious think, way. And that's exactly why I think, and we'll get into that more with the railings. We'll circle back to this, but like that is what first got me thinking that this was very plausibly in the near future. And I find it interesting that again, we talked about railings a month before Kanye. We talked about the alien invasion incoming in early January <laughs> before all of this stuff happened. So I think we're on to something. So the, n- the next part of this, and I'm sorry if I'm rushing because I know we've got so much to get to. The next part of this, obviously, with uh, seeing things in the sky, uh, also happened over Ohio, over New Palestine, on Sunday after the Super Bowl, uh, when people started seeing strange strings of light in the sky. And then you've got all these articles like The Hill saying, a chain of lights has been streaking through the skies of multiple states, including Utah, Michigan, Illinois, Connecticut, Ohio, and Wisconsin since late last week. While an interesting sight to see, they aren't, in fact, aliens. Instead, those strings of lights moving across the sky are Starlink satellites launched by SpaceX. <laughs> and I find this funny because guess what? SpaceX also launched satellites in Ukraine right after the war started, and they started seeing aliens over all the battlefields in Ukraine soon after. So... Elon did tweet that it's just his friends coming to visit. Right. And I find that tweet pretty interesting. Uh, but again, this is again. So we've talked about Werner von Braun. We talked about Serge Manasse. We've talked about our own government proposing this. There's another guy who says uh, that this was shown to him and that this is going to be happening by 2024. And what's interesting and the reason I'm going to play this, it's a two minute clip, but I think it's worth it. The reason I want to play this is he also predicted uh, lockdowns over a virus released from a lab. <laughs> His prediction is it would be late 2018. So he was off by a year, but uh, maybe, yeah, maybe he's uh, maybe he knows some things is my point. So let's check this clip out. 1986 while stationed at an underground installation near Boulder, Colorado, I was introduced to project Skybeam by Lieutenant General Andrew Garris. I was then led down a corridor and into a large hangar where a stealth bomber hovered only 20 feet above me. I stood there confused. Then Garris looked over me and smiled, then asked if I was certain of what I was seeing. I replied, of course. What else could it be? I was then shocked to find out that this wasn't a real craft. It was a projected hologram. Since the early 1950s, Scientists have been developing holographic technology. 
and over the years improved it to a state that we can only imagine. As I stood there staring at the bomber, which looked so absolutely real and solid that I could reach up and touch it, I contemplated the possibilities. What if this projection was a thousand feet up in the sky? How would anyone know that that was an illusion? The Phoenix Lights craft, witnessed by 10,000 people, was the first grand-scale sky beam test upon the public. It succeeded beyond expectations. In October 1938, Orson Welles unleashed his War of the Worlds radio broadcast to the American public. It was so realistically portrayed, vast portions of the population went into panic. Terrified citizens scrambled to evacuate their cities in droves. America had been easily tricked by very simple means. To amplify this response, those who are truly in power of not only our country, but all the countries on the planet, and who are the true purveyors of the depopulation process, have formulated the final stage of their sinister plan. In the year 2024, a global event will alter the course of mankind's future. The world will stand witness to a massive alien invasion. Thousands of projected holographic alien warships will blanket the skies, sending people into a global panic. Real military crafts within the holograms will inflict actual damage to the surrounding areas to sell the gimmick. And as a result of the ensuing human chaos, a one-world government will immediately form without any resistance from the people. They will be the new world order. So I find this interesting because there was another famous movie that came out in the last couple of years. <clears throat> Spider-Man, oh, forget which one, Homecoming, I think, or Far From Home? No. Yeah, Far From Home? I don't know. The second Spider-Man with Tom Holland. And in it, Mysterio uses holograms yep. with drones in them to inflict real damage. Uh, so yep. predictive programming, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and there's, I mean, all the superhero movies are predictive <clears throat> programming for these alien attacks. I mean, Avengers 1... Yeah. Yeah, I know. They've been pushing this idea of alien invasion this entire time from the really from the beginning of Iron Man. So uh, there's so there's another there's other people um, who are maybe in the know who've been talking about this for a while. Paul Krugman, who uh, predicted that this would be a really good way to fix our economy. Check this out. If, if we if we discovered that uh, you know, space aliens were planning to attack, and we needed a, a massive buildup to counter the, the space alien threat, um, and really inflation and budget deficits took secondary uh, place to that. Um, this slump would be over in 18 months. And then if we discovered, whoops, we made a mistake. There aren't actually any space aliens. So we aliens. need Orson Welles be a better, what you're saying. No, that's a, that's a, there was a Twilight Zone episode like this in which uh, scientists fake an uh, alien threat in order to achieve world peace. Well, this time we don't need it. We need it in order to get some fiscal stimulus. If, if we so yeah, let's just fake an alien invasion to get some fiscal stimulus. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <clears throat> and here, the reason I wanted to bring Paul Krugman up isn't because he's the only one who's talked about this, but because he had an addition to his plan that I think makes all of this actually make even more sense. Check this one out. I actually have a serious proposal, which is that we have to get a bunch of scientists to tell us that we're facing a threatened alien invasion. And in order to be prepared for that alien invasion, we have to do things like build high-speed rail and, and, and uh, you know... And I, I so... <laughs> high-speed rail? Why is that? 
Why is that sound? Why does it seem like if we are going to fake an alien invasion, we might also want to point out that the rail system needs fixing, which leads me to more predictive programming. There was a movie called White Noise that came out last year. And I'm not going to go through the whole plot summary, but basically um, this movie White Noise, which is on Netflix, uh, it, it involves a rain, a train well, here, I'll just read this part to you. Their lives are disrupted when a cataclysmic train accident casts a cloud of chemical waste over the town. This airborne toxic event forces a massive evacuation, which leads to a major traffic jam on the highway. So it's the whole movie is about a train overturning in Ohio, creating a toxic cloud. This is released. We've got Paul Krugman at the same time talking about, hey, we should fake an alien invasion to get better trains. We should put Starlink satellites in the sky to fake this alien invasion. Everybody's talking about Orson Welles because guess what? It worked. You, I mean, you're familiar yeah. with War of the Worlds. It was just yeah. a radio broadcast. And I've, I've done, when I was in high school, we did a radio production of War of the Worlds. And I was listening, you know, as we were doing it, I'm like, this is kind of insanely silly. If you listen to it for very long, yeah. it shouldn't have convinced anyone. Uh, yeah, I remember reading but- it like, People leave this? What? But they did. People lost their minds, right? Um, and then we've even had presidents of the United States float this idea. We often forget how much unites all the members of humanity. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Reagan's also the one that put Star Wars in in place or was proposing yep. that idea, remember? Well, <laughs> basically it was it was a bluff, right? He he was like, "We have this technology where we could just shoot down all your nukes <clears throat> if you shoot them at us." Ha 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 ha, but it, it didn't exist at the time. Right. Yeah, I think that was well, we don't we don't know if it exists exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> we are pretty sure it didn't. We're still pretty in- sure it was a Right. It's still interesting, though, that he's like, you know, what would end the Cold War is if we had aliens. So I'm looking at everything going on as one thing. And my original prediction is, you know, obviously, because we've been talking about Bluebeam for a while. So as soon as I saw UFO government comes out and says we can't rule out aliens, then we've got two more the next day and then two more the next day. My think my thought is that this is this is building up. Um, But now I'm actually changing that just a little bit in what I'm thinking. And I'll, I'll explain why. So. I think that, yes, Project Bluebeam has been initiated for all the reasons I just stated, but I don't think we're at the speeding up stage of it yet. I think we're setting the stage. And the reason mm-hmm. I think that is because you've got articles uh, like like this one, and I can't – I had to use Reddit to find it because I'm not going to pay – the Washington State Journal, but uh, basically says as mysterious objects get shot down, U.S. sets up new task force on UFOs. U.S. officials said they couldn't explain what three airborne objects shot down over the weekend were. Again, the government's the one that's trying to softly tell us this is aliens. I even said this back in 2020. I'm like, they're being really weird about the way they talk about aliens now. Really, since 2017, we started seeing the Nimitz craft uh, photo videos and stuff like that. It seems like they're prepping us to believe in aliens. I also talked uh, in a in a TikTok that I made about a month ago about NASA employing 24 theologians to try to figure out how the world religions would react if they found out that aliens were real. All of the stuff is there between NASA, our government, uh, these task force, the Pentagon to try to... They're the ones who are putting out there 
that they want us to kind of believe it's aliens. And what's funny to me is now that they've kind of backed off, like, well, we don't know what this is. Now you've got people going from Project Bluebeam, like Joe Rogan I saw today tweet out, oh, well, now they're saying it's not aliens. Now I definitely think it's aliens. It's kind of, you know what I mean? It's kind of working in their yep. favor to play both sides of it a little bit. Like we want you to think it's aliens, but we want to pretend that we're hiding this. So you yes. will think that we're hiding it, that you will think it's aliens. Which tells me they know absolutely how to manipulate people right. who, who want to believe <clears throat> exactly the opposite of what the government's telling them. Right. And that's why I think this task force is in place. And I just want to get to one more thing before we move over to some other stuff. Uh, there was a Navy pilot named Ryan Greaves who was talking about the Nimitz and other Navy UFO videos on Joe Rogan. Um, I don't know when this clip was, uh, but this is what this is the, the, the Nimitz uh, fit footage and all the stuff that came from 2004 is what caused started a government task force on UFOs back in 2007. And then it was leaked to the public in 2017. This has changed the conversation on the UFOs ever since. And this is what he had to say about why they started essentially paying attention. From my experience, from our experience, and again, we weren't studying these, but they were always out there. You know, they were out there when we took off, we'd see them. And then we go to land, they would still be out there. Like every day? Every day. Every day. Every day. So you guys go from not having any idea that these things are out there to an upgraded radar system to seeing them every day. Yeah. From my experience. So... What's interesting about that clip is he's talking about when they upgraded <clears throat> the um, NORAD systems and stuff like that to pick up different types of objects than they were used to picking up. Now, we know from NORAD that they have themselves have said that they could pick up a flight uh, of geese on their on their satellites or their, their radars, right? They can use their radars to literally track geese if they wanted to, but they don't have them set, set that sensitive. What changed in the last few weeks? You mean the NORAD that um, on 9-11 was overlaying uh, uh, intel of airplanes going into buildings over the top of... So people wouldn't believe when airplanes actually hit buildings, that NORAD? Yeah. So you mean to say that NORAD could potentially just be putting those on the... Maybe they don't exist at all. They're just putting them on the scanners. They could. But what's interesting is that the story from NORAD now is, well, we didn't notice these balloons... Because we weren't set to pick them up. We had to adjust our radars. So now we've got a task force and we've got radars that have been adjusted to pick up new things. Just like in 20... For the second time. For the second time, yeah. Because last time it was around naval ships. And that's when we saw the pill-shaped crafts. And they're like, oh, we we just didn't have our radars set right. Now we've changed them. Now we're seeing them all the time. That's NORAD's... That's NORAD's thing again now. So my thought is, is this the beginning of Project Bluebeam? Yes, do when I, my original <laughs> the planes are not holograms. It was that's not beside the point. <laughs> my point is, <clears throat> sorry, Jess, <laughs> derailed, derailed, derailed me. This this is a show about nine <clears throat> eleven now. Yeah, well, it's it's about to be. It's about to be. Let me make my last point. So, uh, my thought is that this initial thing was to set up a war with China, to set up a U.S. UFO task force. And to adjust people's minds and to adjust people's radars and to launch new satellites and do all these things, train derailments, whatever, because what will save us from a war with China? What will what will people readily turn to to avoid World War Three? They will readily turn to believing that it's aliens because they then we can team up all across the world and then one world government that's on the brink of collapse because of World War Three will pull itself out of the war 
because we're here to fight the alien invasion. That's my thought. I don't care how unhinged it sounds. Looking at the data, that is that is my belief. So China would have to be on board, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the but thing. They already reported a UFO. So that's the thing. I don't like it. I do wonder sometimes how many how many of these world governments are cooperating behind the scenes more than we think they are. Uh, or how many actors in these states are ready to take over uh, if their people want this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think Xi Jinping is working with the, the WEF, but do I think it's possible that there are actors in high up in the Chinese government who are willing to overthrow Xi Jinping uh, when the alien invasion comes? I think it's possible. So, oh, that's not what I wanted. Which one did you want to pull up? <laughs> Launches higher out of the window. <laughs> Oh, p- p- launches hinges out of a window with a cannon. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know, it's this is a season finale, guys. I had yeah. to lose the hinges tonight. They'll be back on for next week when we start season two. Probably. Anyway, <laughs> that's my that's my project Bluebeam stuff. If you want more about it, um, we are going to be going over to Rumble and Odyssey today uh, to talk with you guys after the YouTube portion ends. We'll answer your questions. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, so we will get into more Bluebeam stuff there if you guys want to. Sounds good. All right. Sorry, that was a little longer than I meant to. So go ahead, Abby. Yeah, a, a little. She's like, I'll take the first 15 minutes. Yeah, it was like 30 minutes. Classic. Classic. Okay, we're going to go through all the shows we've done and just kind of review. Review yeah. everything. Because if you guys don't know, we don't really plan ahead. Like PJ and I do the episodes that are pulling at us any given week. Sometimes that's something that's in the news. And sometimes it's just something that is fascinating us. So I feel like it's important to (laughs) look at the themes that emerge of the things that we covered and the things that we started to get really interested in, because I think that that's meaningful and it's a fun thing to do to wrap the season. So also on top of that, we do have updates on a lot of these stories too, which we we are thrown in here. Yes. We'll do updates as necessary and we have 25 (laughs) episodes. So let's go. So episode one was MK ultra and PJ led the episode. Do you have, Anything to say about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was a great uh, way to start the season. I've realized I don't have the thumbnail pulled up. I was going to show the thumbnails for each one. That's the only one I don't have. Uh, I think it was a good way to start the season because MK Ultra is something that's going to be throughout a lot of stuff we talked about. It came up again with the Kanye stuff. It came up again with Anne Heche. It came up again with uh, Eliza Blue. So that one was intentional to start the show off with MK Ultra just because it's one of those things that I think it's foundational to understanding yeah. a lot of the conspiracy stuff. So we tried to focus on foundational stuff and we intended to do more foundational stuff than we actually did because we got so <laughs> caught up in like, current events. There was a lot though. There was a lot of current conspiracies that just felt like we had to cover them. It was, it's been a really, really fun, uh, what is it? Six months? Six months. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> six months. It's still Insane. hard for me to believe there's so many people that watch and listen to this show just after six months that it's really, really amazing. You guys are the best. Yeah. Uh, episode two was our 9-11 episode specifically about the documentary Loose Change. And yeah. speaking of that episode, <laughs> I, we see what this, what this tragedy, genuine tragedy, did for our <laughs> government and the things that they put in place because of 9-11. And now we are watching them already take advantage of the UFO situation and put things in place like the UFO task force, which that one piece more than anything else makes me believe it's a conspiracy. Right. And that's why, you know, when you see all these major accidents that, you know, is going to result in a new 
uh, government task force or <clears throat> new regulations, it's not hard to believe that if they would fly planes into towers and kill 3,000 people, what else would they do? Would they put a, a, a giant uh, fume cloud over Ohio to prove a point? I mean, Greta Thunberg isn't talking about this. Doesn't that say something to you? This is a lot. Right. This is a lot that uh, none of the none of the celebrity climate influencers are saying anything about it. No, none of them are because the, they don't care. They don't care and it's not convenient for the people that they need it to be convenient for. Right. Episode three, we did the mysterious death of Anne Heche. Do we have updates? <clears throat> yeah, there are actually some updates. So one of my favorite things about this one is we both said, looking at the evidence, what was going on, that it didn't, it didn't appear she was actually on drugs. It seemed like she was being controlled in some way. Her car might have been controlled. You could hear the brakes screeching as it seemed like the car was going uh, fast, but she was trying to, to stop it possibly. Right. Uh, and then it came out, and, and I think we both said, like the problem is the autopsy will come out when nobody cares, right. when people stop paying attention. And that is exactly what happened. Anne Heche's autopsy revealed there was no evidence of impairment by illicit drugs in the crash as was noted by her hairstylist or the wig shop she went to before, like five minutes before all this happened. He's like, she was lucid. She didn't seem to be on any type of drugs at all. Uh, and to make this even weirder, a week after it cut her autopsy drops, uh, Stephen Twitch died without a will uh, from suicide. Was it one of the guys that works for Ellen DeGeneres, by the way. Uh, speaking of people who work for Ellen DeGeneres, I recently found out or realized it, it's not a secret, but like a former writer for Ellen works for the Babylon Bee now. Yeah. I'm going to meet him yeah, in, a, in a week or so. And uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to find out if he has a soul. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> this is my whole goal. Yeah. He, I, I want to actually just talk to him off record about his time on Ellen. Because he has he a lot of friends he, from that time, and he seems to to have enjoyed it. But yeah, yeah, he says he had he says publicly that he had a good experience with her, and he was publicly conservative, right? But he seems I don't connect with a sense of humor, but he seems pretty based. He is. He, yeah, I listen to the Babylon B podcast every yeah. week. I'd say so he's pretty I, based. I wonder if he was just so unapologetically himself. That they just never included him in anything sus because they knew they couldn't. They couldn't. I think that's probably true. Also, like, I feel like things were a little bit different back when he worked on Ellen, where there wasn't quite as much uh, known or as much tension. So maybe, yeah, maybe just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's sus though. It, I want to think it's very, undeniable very that Ellen is into demonic satanic ritualistic stuff. I know that's I, my point. I want to so. think the absolute best of the Babylon Bee because I love the Babylon Bee but at the same time I'm like I do not trust anyone who says they had a good experience working for Ellen right yeah yeah I don't know I want to talk to him one day so yeah well uh, <laughs> I'll report back all right yeah, pending yeah. updates episode four uh we did the Murdoch murders which yeah I so you have some updates for, for us on Murdoch right yeah so the trial is ongoing. The prosecution is still going. I am a couple days behind on the trial. Um, but at first, I was worried that the prosecution was actively throwing this trial because they were doing so badly. But it, it's turned around a little bit. One thing that's standing out to me and that keeps standing out to me about this whole case, and I know that 
some of you might not understand why I care so much about this. And I'm not entirely sure that I understand why I care so much about this, but I have an instinct that there is so much more here that hasn't been revealed yet. And one of the things is that he stole millions and millions of dollars and no one knows where the money went. Right. And he was willing to kill his allegedly, and I'm seeing the evidence for it in the trial, his wife and son brutally to keep this stuff from being revealed. And so I want to understand why, like what was motivating all of the stealing when he wasn't living an extravagant lifestyle, when there's no particular evidence of extravagant spending, there's no clear answer as to where this money went, but he was willing to do absolutely awful things. And so many people were involved, people in the banks, people in the legal system, people, lawyers, judges, state senators, the state senator who is representing him in the defense is BFFs with Joe Biden. Yeah. This this goes all the way up to the South Carolina Supreme Court. There's evidence that there's corruption all through South Carolina directly linked to Joe Biden. And I just think that there's way more to it. I <laughs> My agree. eyes are on it. I find this one so fascinating because to me, I, I look back to when the Clintons were in, uh, uh, well, I can't think of it, <laughs> Arkansas. And I'm yeah. looking at this going like, had the Clintons been around in the digital age, would they have gotten to where they're at? Because this family to me, and I guess maybe maybe I'm overselling who they are, but they seem like this deeply corrupt family who's able to do anything within their state that they want. And the fact that they're kind of being caught and there's this big cover-up and it goes so deep, it really does make me think of the Clintons. It's just like mm-hmm. maybe they're just not as uh, intelligent or uh, savvy or whatever, but yeah. uh, you know, maybe it's just a digital age and they just got caught earlier on before they had enough power to fully get away with everything that they want to. So yeah, there's a, there's a couple things going on. One is that they're not as intelligent for sure. Alec seems clear that he doesn't have the intelligence, but he is in, <clears throat> a master manipulator, <clears throat> incredible emotionally, uh, emotional manipulator, incredible emotional intelligence. Um, but it's unclear to me, even the people who are testifying against him, how much they are hiding and how much they might be scapegoating him the same way that the elites scapegoated Epstein. Right, right. And that kind of leads into, we have heard <clears throat> another rumor yet again, because we hear this rumor all the time, that the Epstein files are going to be released. And what do you think of that? I, I find this interesting because on one hand, like, okay, this drives me nuts a little bit. So f- bear with me, people. Every time that we point out a conspiracy that's ongoing, we think is important, we get the, well, what about Epstein? What about Epstein? What about Epstein? And be, and usually to go with that is, well, they're about to release the Epstein files. They're about to release this. And it's pretty much always not true. Um, right now, there is some evidence to that, but it's not what people are saying. So I just want to point this out. Uh, the documents that people originally were posting on Twitter saying, look, they released new Epstein files. They're actually just documents from the that were unsealed in 2019. But... There is this uh, there is this thing from the Daily Mail that says they're the exclusive naming the names final batch of documents containing salacious, uh, salacious allegations related to Jeffrey Epstein associates, including Prince Andrew, will finally be made public after dozens of John and Jane Doe's agreed unsealing. That's not happening right now. It's going to happen supposedly in the next few months. It has 167 people named. The, here's the thing, though. Even the people who have really dug into this are saying it's pretty much just one person, maybe two, 
that are going to get named because every other one of these 167 names are people who are snitching on them or people who were trafficked by them. So I don't want to oversell it, but I'm a little blackpilled on the Jeffrey Epstein thing. And I feel like at this point, not to say it's not important, not to say that we shouldn't get these names, not to say like we should, but it bothers me when someone else can do human trafficking uh, and we will go, well, what about, what about Epstein? What about Epstein? What about Epstein? It's like, yes, that's bad. We should want those names. We should try to root those people out. But I, I get really annoyed with the constant comments of you can't care. That the government's trying to fake an alien invasion and trying to create a one world government because Epstein files. It's it's just it's a little old and I'm just not I'm not buying. This is going to be as big of a, a bombshell as everybody else thinks. I really don't. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, not to say it's not important, not to say we shouldn't try to find out these names. These people are still in power, uh, but I'm just a little more blackpilled than people on this Uh I feel like it's being used as a disinformation campaign to discredit anything else we want to look into. We saw this around the Andrew Tate stuff. We saw this around. It seemed like every other episode we've done in the last six months, we got those comments. Why do you care about this? It's like, I can care about both. I can actually care that Epstein trafficked people and we want to get those names. And I can also say, you know, there's also this thing going on in the Caribbean that SBF might be tied to. Uh, so it's just a little annoying it's, to me. It's Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. Like until the list is revealed, everyone's on it and everyone's not. And you can you can make an excuse for anyone you like not being on it. And you can assume that any everyone you don't like is on it. And it's a it's not a particularly truthful thing. And I think anytime we're not living in in truth is not a particularly safe place to be. Yeah, Jess says two things can be true at once. Yes, you can still care and want the Epstein files released, and you can also talk about other things. Uh, you don't have to... Th- like, what bothers me is the Epstein thing has become... This is the only time people were ever trafficked, and it never happened before never happened since. So if yep. you try to talk about any other person that maybe is still currently trafficking human beings, uh, like Wayfair, Wayfair whoever, uh, you get shut down because what about Epstein? And that whataboutism is driving me a little bit nuts. So we'll see what happens in the next few months, but... I can't tell you how many comments I got this week. The Epstein files were just released. They weren't. They're going yeah. to be supposedly, and maybe we'll get a name and it looks like it's going to be Alan Dershowitz and it looks like it's going to be Prince Andrew. Uh, and that maybe is it. We kind of already know those things. So I want, I want more to come out. I'm not saying I don't, yeah. I just, I'm a little bit more blackpilled on it, I guess. Um, last thing I'll say about the Murdoch murders, an FBI agent testified because he had worked on retrieving mm-hmm data from Alex's car and this stood out to me because he said they worked on the encryption of the vehicle for a year and finally pulled what they wanted to pull and defense asked the question why didn't you contact a vehicle manufacturer for help and the guy was like um because we can pull information from cars that the manufacturer doesn't know we can pull from cars. Right. So anyway, speaking <clears throat> of the FBI, the next episode we did was Alex Jones. Yeah. So the Alex Jones one was fun. Obviously we saw the whole thing where he owes like a trillion dollars or some like small, not small, some like first world government money <laughs> to, uh, to people who definitely are not faking anything at all. <laughs> I never thought they were until this trial. That's all I'll say on it. Now I have questions Um, and I do have one update on it, but I am going to save it for off of YouTube. Let's just put it that way. Because I think that's probably a smart thing to do. 
Uh, so <laughs> moving speaking on of, from that one. <laughs> speaking of things we can't talk about on YouTube, episode six was Adrenochrome and Pizzagate. <laughs> okay, so why do I not have that thumbnail here? What the heck? I'm missing that one too. Come on, PJ. Uh, I just downloaded them all and I guess it was missing a few. The Adrenochrome Pizzagate one was fun. It did get pulled off of YouTube for a while and we got it back on somehow. <laughs> somehow it's still there, but the, our Nephilim episode is not. So make sense of that what you will. I don't know if there's a lot of <clears throat> updates to this case, except that I'm just way more convinced that Comet Ping Pong was doing everything they told us they weren't. Oh, one update. Oh, yes, um, we do have one. Is that after our show, we talked to a friend of ours. He was like, I played Comet Ping Pong. It definitely has a basement. What's so yes, which is interesting because we do know somebody who who's can who's can verify there's a basement. But even in the articles, they were like, yeah, there's a tunnel system between all these businesses in D.C., but there's no basement. It's just tunnels that go underground. I found that really interesting because even the articles were admitting there's a basement, but they were calling them tunnels and that yeah. made it better. That made it not it's, as bad that they could be trafficking people through tunnels. I love how they're like, it's always the <clears> same <throat> trick. It's not the thing you think it is. It's this other thing that's exactly the same thing, but we just called it something else. Yeah. <laughs> that language manipulation, man. Yeah. Yeah. That one for sure. So again, I don't know how that one's still on YouTube, but it is. So uh, <laughs> what, do, what do we have after that? Episode seven, <clears throat> we did Michigan Dogman and Michigan Dogman and Bunny Man Bridge. So we split that episode and we talked about two different cryptids. Uh, you, one of them we think is maybe real, the dog man, right? I, I think so. I think there's some truth to it. I, but I've I've kind of given my opinion on cryptids and stuff like that. I think that a lot of these uh, demonic creatures that we've hear we heard we hear about are real. So the Bunny Man Bridge is more of an urban legend, but it was a fun one. Yeah, it was fun. I went to visit it. It was Halloween <clears throat> time. Yeah. I I drove through and. Um, got glared at by a little lady who lived in the neighborhood who didn't like that I was because uh, <laughs> it's such a tourist spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean that one to me, like it's definitely just an urban legend, but it is a fun one. Um, and that's the thing about conspiracy theories is like it's sometimes they're not going to be true, and it's okay. There is literally nothing wrong with asking the questions and pulling on the threads and doing the research. Right. Nothing wrong with it. <clears throat> yep. You don't have to believe everything. Um, it is what it is. So I'll, I'll say one last thing about Dogman. You don't have to believe that Dogman exists, but I do know the difference between an owl and a turkey and whatever I heard in the woods. So like, you know, I I've grown up out, you know, outdoors most of my life, hunting most of my life in Michigan. So yes, I do know an owl sounds like, yes, I do know what a turkey sounds like. I, I still think what I heard was I've never heard anything like it since. That's all I'll say on it. You don't have to believe me, but that's my belief on it. So you do have to believe him though. You do. <laughs> or else you're not a real fan. Not a real you're fan. You're not a real conspiracy <clears throat> fan. Right. Um <laughs> real conspiracy filled fans believe the planes were holograms. No, they don't. <laughs> oh man, I'm never gonna live so that sorry. down. It was a joke. Episode people. anyway. To me, episode <clears throat> eight was when it started getting really good, and that's our CERN episode. This is when I started to like really click into place with all of this stuff. And this is when I started to get obsessed with what is now the beginning of my uh, conspiracy <laughs> wall here yeah. of trying to figure out which gods are which. Because one thing that we kind of pulled up with looking at CERN is that this statue in the thumbnail of Shiva, the destroyer, that's a, a Hindu god. But Apollyon, the destroyer, is is the Apollo 
Greek version. And I started to notice that... And Cernunos that is the, what, Celtic version? Cernunos is the um, Celtic yeah. version. And I started to notice, uh, interesting how all the pantheons all have the same gods and they all seem to be the same people across history. And they all seem to kind of match up with beings that the Bible mentions and <clears throat> starting to put all of these things together and starting to name the evil we're fighting. Cause I think that naming things is so important. Right. Yeah. So I agree. I actually think episode eight is where we started to figure out our show and that's where it started to get really fun for me. Uh, the next episode, <laughs> the next episode was my kind of like, it's funny. Cause at the same time, Abby found her thing that she's obsessed with. And then the episode after at a total lark, I did this episode as a joke and then I ended up finding the thing that I'm obsessed with. Uh, the, <laughs> Raylian UFO <laughs> sex cults. So I did this literally just like, hey, let's talk about like these weirdo alien worshipers. <laughs> and that's what led me into the Project Bluebeam thing. And I just, I have a clip because, you know, this is me going full Raylian meme. This is where that came from. I'm just going to play it for you guys because it was a lot of fun. So the idea, I'm just going to give the basic idea on why I think this could possibly be related in a very unhinged uh, way. So <clears throat> the idea of Project Bluebeam is that NASA with the help of the United Nations, was attempting to implement a new age religion with the Antichrist at its head and start a new world order via technology simulating the second coming of Christ. So the idea in Project Bluebeam is that at one point they will project UFOs onto the sodium layer in the sky using satellites and cloud seeding, right? They will essentially project UFOs onto the sky and convince everyone that all of their religions are false and that the actual true religion is aliens and that they're all interconnected. That is Project Bluebeam's like basic hypothesis put out in 1994 by a guy who had his kids taken away from him by the Canadian government after putting that out and then had a heart attack in 1996 conveniently when he was extremely healthy. And then his book just conveniently disappeared from publication and the Internet and Wikipedia and pretty much everywhere. All of like all of this has just been like wiped from the internet. It's kind of hard to find stuff on this. But his idea was that they would convince people that all the religions are false. Once the new world order was set, once we hit agenda 2030, hit its peak, and then maybe five years later in 2035, they would come out and be like, hey, let's simulate aliens landing on the earth and tell people all the religions are actually just aliens, that they're all sky daddy, that they're all just Elohim, meaning people from the sky and the, the African religions believed in people from the sky and everybody believed in people from the sky. The Greeks did it. So actually what they were all referencing was just aliens. That's kind of Claude's whole thing is that all of these cultures were just going to butcher their words and change what Elohim means and change what Yahweh means and change it around in any part that's inconvenient was just mistranslated because what we're all really should be worshiping is this one alien race and they're going to convince people that their new alien gods to base their new world religion on, and they would abolish all world religions and implement their new one world religion based off the cult of man. They would get rid of borders and nationalities and abolish the family, which is also conveniently what Claude believes in. Rael believes in we shouldn't have kids because we should just be cloning people. Pro-abortion, anti-childbirth, pro-one world religion, pro all of the worldly everything pro world economic forum pro every elite who's part of the world economic forum, by the way, including Zuckerberg and all these other people and George Soros is, is it too crazy to suggest that he, as crazy as Claude is when all of the mainstream media is saying the only problem with this religion is that it's not true. What if the world was convinced it was 
<laughs> yeah, that was me being very unhinged at the end of that episode. <laughs> I was so sick with COVID at the time. I was like, what? Oh, is yeah, you had COVID back then. That's that's right. Somebody said, um, wow, Abby looks really young out oh, there. Yeah, it's because I was really sick. <laughs> it's the COVID. <laughs> um, Keith DB over on Rumble sent a bird chat. I'm going to start calling them bird chats until bird somebody chats? stops me. Of $20. Thank you, PJ and Abby, for supplying content, both hinged and unhinged. Been an awesome first season. Love being part of the Conspiracy Pilled family. Cheers. Oh, you Thank guys you, are the Keith. best. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. Really appreciate that. You guys are, are lovely. And I just want to point out, that was not that long ago that we did Raylands. And look at look at our production quality. Like, I know, look right? at it. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. Just a, just Most. a quick note too. We are going to be upgrading some stuff in the f- near future. And people were asking us about season two. Is this, is the end of season one mean we're taking a break? Normally that would make sense, but we just figured we want to do two seasons a year. Six months seems like a good time where we have not too much to look back on, uh, where we can kind of update people on things that have happened without it becoming like a five hour long episode. So we're actually going to be back next week. We're not taking a break right now. So. No breaks, gotta run. <clears throat> Got so, too much, to, too no much breaks, to do. No hinges. No hinges, no breaks. No I hinges. like it. We're gonna just get rid of that tagline. Mostly hinged. Dumb it, it started that way. That. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, I think this, Railings was also when we, it was a month later when we realized how tapped into reality we were because a month later Kanye tweets out the Raelian symbol and PJ calls me in like the middle of the night to scream about it (laughs) I was so shocked because like the part I didn't play of that like right after that I was like look if any of this is true we'll start seeing like you know this idea being pushed in the public more now I see it happening all the time with Stephen Greer and we see Kanye West literally a month to the day after that episode tweeting out the Raelian logo uh, super weird stuff. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Um, <laughs> is that all you had to say about that? Yeah, yeah, that's all. I just, I just want to point out, like, that was where I got the idea, and then I saw the NASA stuff, where NASA's like employing theologian stuff. So, like, that's oh, what got gosh. me onto the trail. Po- Project Bluebeam is looking like, why would they not be against this cult, who's obviously doing terrible things? Oh, because they're pushing the the religion that the elites want to push by the end of the world. That's my thought. Speaking of NASA, episode 10, we did, was the moon landing fake? Yeah, this was, uh, (laughs) we were so tired for this episode. (laughs) We just did a six hour stream the night before for the uh, election. Yeah. Um, Spoilers, I, if you've missed it, I don't, I don't think it was fake for a lot of reasons, but I wanted to kind of use this as an opportunity to talk about the DeMar Hamlin situation. And I will explain why (laughs) this links up in my mind. So for me, the moon landing, I don't think it was fake, but NASA has almost gone out of their way (laughs) to make us doubt them. Like they have done so many really sus things to kind of further the conspiracy theory, which is why I, it seems at this point more people believe it was fake than don't. Usually there's kind of like a hurdle you have to get over to believe a conspiracy theory. And it seems like people have to get over that hurdle to believe the moon landing was real. 
as opposed to being biased to thinking it was real. It's weird because that's where I feel like I'm at a little bit. Like, it's weird because like there, are, there's part. I don't actually. I think anybody that thinks the moon landing is fake is about as legitimate as anybody who thinks it's real. I, I really do right. fall kind of on the fence with this one. When we looked into it, I like all my questions started being answered in ways that were fairly convincing. But my thought is that there, there's NASA's hiding something about the moon landing. Like yes. I still am on that train. Yes. I don't know. Like I'm to the point where I don't think it was fake, but I think they hid other things about it. Um, so it's something I want to actually dive into more. It was weird because I came into this going, the moon landing is definitely fake. And then I started looking at stuff and I was like, there's more like there's more plausibility to this than I thought uh, for, you know, the reasons we stated right. in the episode. I could still like tomorrow if I found new evidence again to believe it was fake, right. that would not surprise me. I'm still kind of in the middle on this right now. I fall down and I think it I think we actually went for certain reasons. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think the primary reason I'm inclined to believe it was real is that <clears throat> so many really strong believers, um, astronauts attest to it. Can I address one up. thing in the chat really quick? Oh yeah. So this is the reason this is the trace flicks says we didn't have the ability to live stream the moon landing. This was the only reason why I switched at all to thinking we might've landed on the moon because that was my exact thought. And then I really delved deep into that one part and just the amount of people that were involved in setting up the satellite from the moon to beam it to Australia that came in upside down and grainy and like all the, like all the stuff. It seems like, in 1969, you would either have to have really worked hard to make that work and then had a really long and detailed explanation, or you would have faked it in a way that like nobody would have questioned in 1969. So right. it was actually the, the, that sticking point that originally made me say we didn't land on the moon to looking into how we actually supposedly, and again, I could go back to thinking we didn't land on the moon, but it was that particular thing that when I looked into it, it made me go, maybe we actually did because it seems like way too detailed of a process and an explanation and it makes more sense when you really dive into how they did it that made me think we actually did. So I could be wrong though. I, again, I don't, I actually, it's not one of those conspiracies where people on either side annoy me. That's the thing. I think there's mm -hmm. very legitimate questions on both sides of, of that argument. Yeah. So the reason I brought this up was to talk about Damar Hamlin. This is one of those things that I really wanted to talk about on Conspiracy Pill, but it's just not long enough for a whole episode. So I, th I thought I could shove it in here because it fits. Um, so if you don't know, DeMar Hamlin is a football player. Um, a couple weeks ago, maybe almost a month ago now, uh, he was playing a game. Everyone was watching live. Everyone who likes football was watching live. And he was hit in the field. And then he uh, got up and then collapsed. Mm -hmm. And uh, his heart stopped in the field. They did CPR for a long time. And there was a really major question whether he was going to survive that. And immediately uh, as he was rushed to the hospital, as he was fighting for his life, Twitter started to say, was this because of the vaccine? So conspiracy theory number one, DeMar's heart stopped because of the vaccine. Now that I've said that, we're not going to be able to keep this on YouTube. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, oopsies. Oh, well. uh, we well, can't you guys got to follow us on uh, Odyssey and Rumble, by the way. Yeah. Um, but the second conspiracy theory came later. So when it seemed like he was fine, but then he showed up to a game, but he didn't show his face and he didn't have the oxygen tank. 
he allegedly supposed to have and it looked like there was a death certificate from his town that matched his name and there was just a conspiracy theory going around that he had in fact died and they were covering it up and it went on long enough that I started asking the questions on Twitter and a lot of people started asking the questions on Twitter like why hasn't he just come out, out made a video or a post a little TikTok yeah. um, most celebrities would and and it's weird that he hasn't. I remember I tweeted that. It's yeah. like it's it's weird that these conspiracy theories are circling and he hasn't. And then when you did that, I took a lot of what you were saying and I turned it into a TikTok and the TikTok blew up like actually really took off. It was like 150,000 mm. views in the first couple of hours. Uh and then directly after it blew up is when he came out and was like, I'm alive. So I'm just going to take a little bit of credit for saying like, maybe we forced him to come. We forced him to come out. It was a viral video by all accounts, you know, at that point. So, But the thing I really want to zero in on with this is that there were so many conservatives on Twitter, friends of mine who were really mean about when, uh, when I was putting forward the questions and then after he turned out to be alive, like, oh, all you idiots, all you really stupid. I mean, the insults were just going. Mm-hmm. All you stupid people who, who said he was dead. Um, I hope you guys all apologize. <laughs> and it was so strange to watch people who know that pe- were lied to a lot. People who know that conspiracy theories come true all the time to be that mean about a conspiracy theory that turned out to be wrong. And I just wanted to say about this, like, it's not wrong to ask the questions. If something doesn't add up, ask the questions. And then if it turns out to be wrong, okay. I Who find cares? I find this particularly funny because <clears throat> specifically the way that we handle um, our shorts, TikToks, reels, whatever you call them, we put them on all platforms, uh, is we ask questions and at the end say, what do you guys think? Let's start a conversation and then we will cover it deeper on our episode. Yeah. And without a, without a fail, every one of them gets like 150 comments or more of, how could you possibly believe this stupid thing? And uh, and funny enough, a lot of times I don't. I literally am saying, this is the conspiracy theory. What do you think? What do you think? Let's have a conversation. And people get yeah. so upset. And we've even come on the show, like after posting one, been like, all right, here's what we put out. Here's what we think. We don't think that's true. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of the uh, world ending in 2012, which was one of our biggest yeah. ones. I'm like, I don't actually think the world ended in 2012. <laughs> uh, but it was, a, it was a conspiracy theory and we wanted to talk to people about it. So I find that the conversation around is interesting because you can at least is our belief you can, uh, I think you're better for asking questions and playing through those, those thought experiments than to just blindly follow the media. Whether you come to the agreement that what they told you was true or not is not the point. It's the point is to actually ask questions and to come to conclusions based on evidence and not just based on what you're told. I, I found the general sentiment was don't ask questions. You're making us look bad. And I'm like, they hate us anyway. There is nothing we can do to make us think better. They're not going to think better of us just because we failed to ask a question. So we might hate you more when you're right, by the way. That's the thing that's so frustrating. They hate you more when you're right. So why does that like, oh, we're going to look bad. It's like we were right about. I mean, you already got us demonetized on this video. We're right about all the COVID stuff and they hate us even more for it. Uh, And to point out again with DeMar Hamlin, what we were, I think, right about kind of came out in this this tweet. So I think one half of the conspiracy theory we're, we're entirely right about. I just want to watch this really quick. From the ICU, the question on so many minds, what caused his heart to stop beating? You're 24. 
peak physical condition can run circles around me right now. <laughs> <laughs> How did doctor describe what happened to you? Um, uh, um, that's something I want to stay away from. That's something I want to stay away from. There's only one reason he wants to stay away from that question. And we all know what it is. So if it, if it was the thing that everyone was saying it was, which is that it was caused by the hit, he would have just said that that's yeah. the answer that the interviewer was expecting. Cause you don't ask questions in an interview that you don't know the answers to as a general right. rule, especially not a question like that. And the fact that he wouldn't say it fascinating. Yep. The other thing, Oh, the other thing I want to bring up about him was that he showed up at the Super Bowl wearing a jacket. Do we have a picture? I forgot to pull one. Yeah, we got Thank it. Thank you. So many people prayed for him. So many Christians prayed for him that he would survive. And he shows up to the Super Bowl in this jacket, absolutely mocking Jesus. It's like very plain that this is just absolute uh, blasphemy and mockery too. So he doesn't have to believe in in God and Jesus to to say to his fans, I think, you know, appreciate the prayers, anything like that. Exactly. So. Uh, if I offended Damar Hamlin, I think he offended me more. So I'm not going to feel super bad. Well, about that it. was the other thing when I was saying, like, just saying, is is he dead? Is it possible that he's dead? People were like, be respectful. You were you I'm were like, attacked. Sorry, and I want to move on from this in a little bit because we got more to get to. But you were attacked for saying I'm not going to ask the question while he's not while he's fighting for his life. So you were the most respectful of any of us asking the question. So I find it odd that you were attacked when he was, I was attacked alive both. and fine. And then you asked the question, which would be a normal. Yeah. Anyway. So I was attacked by conservatives on both points on both sides. But I find that kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do have another bird chat over on Odyssey uh, from Avatar Ang. Abby and PJ will the first episode of season two be about Taylor Swift. That one will be so much fun. <clears throat> My favorite is still the one you did on Nirvana. Wish Abby was more in that episode though. Me too. I was so sick that night. Yeah, we had um, Katie Z on that night. It was really good. I will avatar for you promise that my first episode uh, barring any like breaking news that we absolutely have to cover will be Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, in, people in have asked two. for it a lot and I think that'd be a great one to cover. Yeah. Also, Waffle Salts are over here. Demonetize Susan. Super chat here over on uh, or Thank bird chat you, as we're calling now on uh, YouTube. Thank you, Waffle. Appreciate that, man. So um, moving on. Episode yeah. 11. Yeah. So we um, had SBF FTX conspiracy rabbit hole. Yeah. Which that was that was fun. <laughs> that Do was we have a, updates on this. Kind of. Not a lot, but I do want to point one thing out. So that was an episode where it was so breaking. I spent uh, that was the first episode where I probably did like 24 hours straight of just deep diving on this right prior to the episode. Uh, So I was probably a little hyped up for that one. Uh, But one of the things that we talked about was the DCCPA, which is this bill that uh, STF wanted to put through to crush his competition. And then, you know, uh, as we predicted, they were not going to get rid of this bill. They might have gone quiet about it for a while. And basically outside of just like the ins and outs of his trial, which there's not much known about. uh, I mean, there is, but it's not anything interesting to get into conspiracy wise is this here from Yahoo Finance today that says, although a uh, a relief for many in the crypto industry, the executive order still left the door open for more detailed policy proposals to be brought up through legislation. Most notably, the Digital Commodities Consumer Protection Act or the DCCPA, the bill championed by none other than Sam Bankman-Fried remains in progress. 
So again, he creates the reason for the bill and the bill and they're not. Yeah. So it's, it's exactly what we kind of got into in a later episode. Um, actually our very next episode, if we want to bring that up. Yeah. Our very next episode was Jekyll Island and Bohemian Grove. Right. And this is why we, we linked it because SBF with the digital way that they're going to control currency reminded us of what happened on Jekyll Island. Yes. And I just want to point out about this one. Uh, season <clears throat> two of Inside Job is out on Netflix. If you, like me and PJ, steal Netflix from people um, instead of paying for it, because we would never do that. But we still like some of the shows. that are. On. I do do that. Yeah, I do not pay for it. <laughs> Inside Job is a um, <clears throat> one of those cartoons that's cartoons. It's an adult cartoon adults. about conspiracy theories. Yeah, about conspiracy theories. And it's made by um, an Asian person. I don't know what nation in Asia, but it's fascinating how overtly they will. The stories are written about some of the American conspiracy theories. Season two starts right off with Bohemian Grove and it is funny. I have got to catch up on that show. I'm probably going to watch some tonight. I think that's what I'm going to do. You should. You should. Every episode, <clears> I'm like, oh my goodness. Do they watch our show? <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. We see you, Inside Job Writers. We see you. Um, <laughs> I, I love how every... We we now know. We have a tally. Can somebody keep a tally on how many episodes gave Jess nightmares? We're up to three, I think, so far. And the next I, yeah, one, the next one for sure did. Um, oh, before we... Oh, okay. oh yeah. Well, as we move on, we covered the Balenciaga um, rabbit hole right as it was coming out. Um, I think this was an episode we did kind of in addition to what else we were doing that week. Um, And we broke it before most anyone else did. And this is when we started to notice that other people in mainstream, in big con, um, are a little bit paying attention to our show because it seems like Crowder's show... um, has has somebody at least on the writing team that watches I, it. Well, I know somebody from Crowder follows us. I'm not going to say which one, but I know who it is. Yeah. So at least one person. And we start to see our stuff reflected on their show, but we also see our stuff reflected, um, the Raelian stuff by Michael Knowles over at the Daily Wire, who follows me. And um, <laughs> it's been pretty funny to see like that. Anyway, I think it's good. I think it's great that we're starting conversations on on yes. bigger platforms. Um, this is really cool to see. I discovered your show because of Balenciaga. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to see that. The thing about Balenciaga is that they got away with it. Nobody cares anymore. Right. And that's the one article I want to bring up as a, as an update to this. It So I'll just summarize this really quick. It says Gucci and Balenciaga struggle amid designer shakeup and ad controversy. And it goes on to say they lost, you know, 14% of sales, blah, blah, blah. If you read the article, it's BS because all it says is our economy sucks and they went down with the economy a little bit. Uh, basically, nothing happened. Balenciaga has been able to get away with this. I think they're into deeper stuff. I'd actually like to revisit stuff on Balenciaga in the future because I think the entire fashion industry is part of the child sex trafficking, essentially. Yep. I really do. Um it's a disgusting demonic industry and it's not just Balenciaga. It's so much deeper than that. We got into it in a later episode. I can save that, I guess. Uh, but we did talk about how this has just been shoved down our throats through movies like Zoolander two uh, for a long time. So Tyler is right about inside job inside job exists to soft pedal public opinion about real conspiracies by turning it into a Rick and Morty joke. <clears throat> this is true. I don't think the inside job is, is doing much to, educate the public about conspiracy theories, but for conspiracy theorists, it is 
so much See, fun See, that's to watch. how I look at it too. Like to a normie, this makes us look ridiculous, but to us, it's hilarious. It's so funny. It's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on from Balenciaga, I just hope that and you know who you are. Writers over at Crowder, Tim Pool, Daily Wire, Babylon Bee, everyone who pays attention to us, by all means, continue to plagiarize our stuff. We love it. Yeah, so. we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, episode 14 was a Donald Trump time travel conspiracy where we had on our main man, Maddie Ice, um, Maddie's brings so no fun. hinges with him, <laughs> takes all of the hinges away from us. So much fun. Yeah, that was just a great fun episode. Uh, shout out to Maddie. He's just a really, really good dude. And the week after that, we had another guest again, because you you had COVID for freaking ever. <laughs> like you were sick so for long. so long. Uh, and by the time we got to episode 15, you just couldn't do it. And it worked out because we have a really good friend who's also part of Hawkeye Media. So shout out to Katie Zed, who joined me on episode 15 for Kurt Cobain didn't kill himself. Uh, this was such a fun episode. I'm, I'm sad that you weren't there, Abby, but it was so much fun to have an episode with Katie Zed and to talk true crime and conspiracy and where they meet. And, uh, yeah, I just, this is one of our top episodes too. And, um, I think it was just a really, really fun time. So no updates. It's 30 years old. It was good though. Yeah. More than almost any other episode. That's the one people say, that's my favorite episode. <laughs> so thanks a lot, you guys. Thanks a lot <laughs> for your favorite episode being the one I'm not on. That's why you got to be on I for the T Swift that. stuff. Then, then you can, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <sighs> episode 16 was Kanye West. I had, I had fun putting this together. And then I think it was our worst ever episode on delivery because it was just so much. And we were so nervous about what we were delivering. People were so angry around that time. Yeah. So I think that and the Tate episode were the two where we're just like, man, people are going to hate us for our opinions on this. But I think it was, I think they were both good. Yeah. Um, the only update I have on Kanye is like for a while there, he was missing. People were like, Hey, where'd he go? Uh, and now I don't know much, but like, I think that it's very possible. He's back with a new handler. Uh, and the reason I said that is because now we've got these headlines come out from music times. Kanye West controlled new wife, Bianca Sensori allegedly calls the shots in their marriage. So it's just this whole thing about Kanye went away uh, and then he came back with a new handler. Uh, and that was, again, why we talked about MKUltra in the first episode, because Harley Pasternak is definitely an MKUltra handler uh, who was handling Kanye West. And unfortunately, um, I mean, I don't have a lot of nice things to say about him, but I feel bad for the fact that I think he is controlled. But as you pointed out in the episode, he kind of admitted to like having his mother killed to be a part of the group so it's hard to really feel bad for him uh man stuff's crazy in hollywood though uh waffle salters over on odyssey sending us another bird chat with uh, a meme a balenciaga meme let me see if i can pull it up (laughs) we love the memes we love being memed you guys (laughs) with joe biden in the background yeah Thank you. Loved this is it. my favorite thing about uh, Odyssey, by the way, is that you can do memes in the chats. And I'm going to announce something. Uh, we're going to announce it tonight anyway, so I'll announce it now. Um, sure. One of the things that we, uh, you know, obviously we talk about this a lot. We go over to Rumble. We're going to go over to Rumble today. I know this episode is going to be a little long, but we have a lot to get to. So and it's it's fun. So um, we're having things, fun. <laughs> I'm having fun. I don't know if you guys are, but you're sticking around. So I must be having fun. Um, one of the things that we have 
from the very beginning of this always had in mind was we don't want to get our money from YouTube. Uh, that's not where we want to rely on because if we relied solely on YouTube, we would have to censor ourselves and we would have to be constantly worried that we would lose our connection to you guys and lose our whole show uh, unless we played ball. So we've always been very uh, open about trying to be on Rumble, trying to be on Odyssey. You know, sometimes we'll save things on YouTube for those channels just because we don't want to lose our YouTube channel because how we connect to people. It, it's not it's not that we're trying to censor ourselves. We're just trying to play smart. And we, you know, know that most people come to YouTube first and then, you know, they come over to Rumble or Odyssey. Uh, so what we wanted to announce was that uh, Odyssey or sorry, Rumble and Locals are connected. They you know, I think Rumble owns Locals and that's where. Uh, that's where we put our bonus uh, content on and we've been really pushing rumble hard. Uh, but we noticed that so many people love Odyssey. I love Odyssey and it's not fair. I think to exclude Odyssey from the exclusive stuff because the only reason we're leaving Twitch and leaving YouTube is the censorship uh, censorship reason. Uh, we know people both at Odyssey and rumble. And uh, the reason I say all that is we are actually putting all of our exclusive content as well on Odyssey. So if you are an Odyssey user and you don't really feel like moving over to Rumble and Locals and creating new accounts, uh, or if you like Odyssey's layout better, we will be doing the extended show on Odyssey as well and watching your chats there. And you guys can uh, do the mostly hinged support over there for $5 a month and get our exclusive unhinged episodes that are now on Odyssey as well. Uh, Just making it easier for you guys because the whole thing is to fight censorship and to make it uh, as simple as we can for you guys to access our content. So... That's uh, that's one of the things that we're changing with season two. We're going to be putting all the exclusive stuff on Odyssey as well until we have a reason not to. But I think Odyssey is a great platform. So, yeah, we will use YouTube. And if they want to pay us money, we're not going to turn cool. it down. Um, oh, we did get monetized over on YouTube. If, we you, did. if you don't know, <laughs> somehow, um, somehow we got I don't I still can't believe we did. Um, I mean, you could say we're in big. <clears throat> We're in bed with Big Con, but like we're just not that into them. Big, you mean Big Tech? Big Tech. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. same. Same difference. <laughs> just kidding. We're in bed with Big Tech. We're not that into them. Um, don't tell them that because we're happy to let them pay for dinner sometimes. <laughs> I like so. it. I like it. Uh, we got another. But we're su- not going to rely on it, and we're not going to censor ourselves like like you just saw. I said whatever the heck I wanted to, and then afterward <clears> we evaluate the episode and we say, should this stay up on YouTube? Do we want to risk getting a strike? Yes or no? If not, we'll let you guys know, and it'll be all over on Rumble. Yeah, sometimes it, it, sometimes we will just pull them down ourselves because it's better for us to keep our YouTube channel, uh, and then you guys still get our content for free on Rumble and Odyssey than for us to lose our access to 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 new viewers. Um, I, we got another bird chat. I guess we're calling him over on Odyssey that says, I'm sorry, Abby. I love that you were in the second half of the Nirvana episode. I love that Katie and PJ talked about the music uh, they enjoy. Hopefully Katie can be in the Taylor Swift episode. We'll have to ask her, but that would be, be fun. fun. Yeah. If you guys aren't following Katie, by the way, uh, follow Katie, Katie Zed over on, on YouTube. Yes. Katie is so good at true crime. Like I don't even like true crime and I love Katie. So like I skip true crime and go right to live trials, but Katie's really good. Hazel four, two, three super chat. $10 says great show guys. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. You guys are the best. Um, Katie says she's in good. Sweet. Sweet. All right. What do we got next? Uh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) got episode 17. Diot love best is when (laughs) you guys all found out I was KGB agent. And, uh, I love this episode because it has everything. It, 
This was fun. It was such an interesting story and so many possible explanations from the natural to cryptid um, to UFOs. And I find it so interesting that almost every time you have something really weird happening, you always, one, have an indigenous people group in the area <laughs> who knows things. And you have UFOs. You have strange always. lights. You have strange <clears throat> things in the sky. It's just fascinating. You're missing the best part of this episode, and that was Cocaine Yeti. Cocaine Yeti. <laughs> cocaine Yeti was the best. Yeah. <laughs> Jess says you this was were, hands down her favorite episode. It was a very fun episode. Yeah. The chat was popping. Not that the chat's not great tonight, but that night the chat was on cocaine. I am convinced the entire chat was on with cocaine. Yeti. With Yeti. Yeah. With <laughs> Yeti. <laughs> partying with Yeti. Uh, yeah, by the way, here's Katie Zed's link in the chat. Follow this. Go give uh, a subscription to Katie Zed on YouTube. She's also on Odyssey, and I think she's on Rumble as well. I want to say this really quick because I feel like it's a perfect time to talk about this. Also, one of the things we did at the beginning of January of this year was we launched Hawkhound Media, which has been super fun. So we're working with Katie Zed. We're working with Jess over at Lit um, and uh, working together on the Dog Pile once a month, which is a really fun show. Uh, doing exclusive content between the four of us. So if you guys aren't following the Hawkhound Media channel, we're also on Odyssey and Rumble now, as well as YouTube. Um, that would just help us out a ton. Support the other people that are working with us and doing great, putting out great content. Because uh, that's the whole point of it, is I want to work with other people who I think are putting out really good content and support them as well. So, <clears throat> Thank you for this comment, Hadassah. I'm just going to read it out. I think it's so important for people on all sides of the spectrum to have access to this podcast. I found it through YouTube and it's impossible to find anything real here. That means a lot to us. And one thing that has shocked us about this show, because we started it because we love conspiracy theories. We started it to have fun and to have an excuse to research all the things we're going to research anyways and all that stuff. And because we like talking about these things, we would be talking about them and do talk mm. about them when you guys aren't here. So <laughs> <It's true. laughs> like we might as well put it on air, but we have found it's turned into a ministry. And for those of you who know that we are believers, it means so much to us that we have been able to encourage you and your faiths. Every time I see a comment um, saying, I'm reading my Bible more now, I'm I'm paying attention, I'm, I'm awake, I'm praying, um, I'm seeing things differently now, questions in my faith have been answered, I cry, you guys. That means so much. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that we talk about uh, quite a bit, you know, maybe off air, but... Uh, it's just the idea that you have to have a foundation in all of this. It's very easy mm -hmm. to get lost in the conspiracies and just trying to disprove everything that's out there. Um, and hopefully, you know, having that guiding light uh, helps you guys navigate this stuff because it's confusing and the world is frustrating. And uh, I think that's kind of what keeps us grounded. So uh, love hearing those yeah. comments for sure. It's It can look like the same thing when you're pursuing the truth and when you're pursuing lies, when you're trying to not be deceived. But you're going to get lost if you're only pursuing the lies. If you're only trying to figure out who's lying to you, you have to figure out what the truth is. And that has to be a pursuit. And I would argue um, that anytime you're pursuing the truth, you're always going to end up back to God. Yeah. So, so I found true in my own life. Um, so what's our next episode? Next one. Oh, you mean I'm getting lost? It's all good. <laughs> episode 18, Flat Earth. <laughs> this was this was when PJ and I got to meet. I drove in that day, and then <clears throat> we were still in that awkward phase where whenever I know someone really well, but I have never met them in real life, it just takes so long to like integrate the 
person I've known with the physical person in front of me. And so yeah. we did this episode and I was still like, PJ's a real person. What the heck? And <laughs> it was so much fun. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I really super enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed getting to meet you and your husband and you guys hanging out with us right after Christmas. That was a, that was a good time. We had so much fun. Yeah. Um, episode 19 was Andrew Tate. And I remember all the Andrew Tate stuff broke while I was at your house. And so yes. we were doing all of our research together for this show. That's it was right. a lot of fun. This was an interesting one. Um, I don't think, I still don't think we got anything particularly wrong with this episode. I know some people don't like our conclusions. We're all right. <laughs> no, I really, I'm just, I'm serious. I still, I still believe in what I, basically, let me put it this way. When you're teaching young men to prostitute their girlfriends, I think you're a bad person. Uh, yeah. The only update I'll say on this is that I believe more towards the conspiracy that we put out that he was, he crossed the mafia and the mafia is trying to get him. It does look like it's more of a frame job now. A little bit, not to say they didn't do super illegal things and brag about it all the time, uh, but I think the way that government's treating him is on behest of the mafia that he ran afoul of. Uh, that's about all. I still think he's a bad guy. Like, I'm not going to apologize for that. Seriously, when you put out, when you charge young men $50 a month to teach them how to pimp their girlfriends, I think you're a piece of crap. And I'm not going to change my opinion on that. Uh, so this is all we've really gotten. I mean, there's been a few things, but uh, they're basically keeping you in jail. Says Andrew Tate's second plea against the detention was rejected earlier this month with, with month which means he will now be in prison until at least February 27th, uh, possibly longer. There's been some stuff that's come out that showed some of the girls that worked for him worked with the police. Some people are saying that that means he was framed. I don't understand how that means he was framed. Like if you were being trafficked and you worked with the police to arrest your trafficker, that doesn't mean you're framing him. The, the one thing is they, they are talking about like selling this story to Netflix and Hulu and things like that. So, they're not good people either. That's okay to believe that they're not good. The, the right. prostitutes that worked for Andrew Tate are not good people either. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I think you ran a follow the trial. Yeah. Same it, thing in the murder trial. It the, the whole town sold the story. I don't know who made money off it, but but several docuseries have been made about the Murdoch story because people are interested in it. Of course, somebody's going to be willing to pay for it. I like this. Kitty said, says conspiracy build 100% correct 100% of the time. <laughs> if only that were true, but I'm just saying I'm not going to apologize for saying this guy's a piece of crap. I know some people got mad at me for this episode, but yeah. I stand. People on. are going to get mad at us, and we are one of the things that we want to commit to along with not being captured by big tech, um, even though we're in bed with them, is to not be captured by you guys. We love you guys, but we don't want to get trapped in audience capture where we tell you something that is that we don't believe is true just because we don't want to upset you. We're, we're we, always going to be honest. We've to, done at least five episodes this season that we knew if we took the opposite position, we would get more followers. Yes. That's just the truth of it. <clears throat> so I agree with that. Yeah. We just have to stay true to, to what we believe and what our research shows us and what our hearts tell us. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have any apologies about the Andrew Tate thing. He might be framed no. by the mafia. It's still he's a piece of crap. Uh, moving on. <laughs> um, we did episode 20, the globalist effort to destabilize cryptocurrency. This episode was focused on the Logan Paul situation, but kind of dived deeper into what the globalists seem to be doing with cryptocurrency, which is to destabilize it and then try to centralize it the same way that they did with the banks uh, with Jekyll Island. So interesting <clears throat> stuff just to keep an eye on in the future. I don't think we have any particular updates it's just there's a lot of these things that we just want to keep our eyes on yeah uh um, comment here again from uh hadassah oh my god yes i prayed for the first time in so long recently because i'm seeing god so differently since watching this podcast 
y'all talk about it through a realistic and honest lens. That means a lot, like a lot, a lot. So you're going to make Abby cry over here. I know. But uh, no, really um, appreciate it. Speaking of, uh, chat was talking a little bit about Revelation Deep Dive. This is, we're going to put this out soon. Um, we're working on putting it together and figuring out where to find the time, but we really want to do kind of a revelation, read aloud, discuss. Um, I hesitate to say Bible study because I, I'm not a preacher and neither is PJ, but I think we are all capable of reading the Bible out loud and, and thinking about it together. So right. something we want. <clears throat> we got uh, biblical on our next episode for sure. Yeah. Um, That's my favorite title of an episode, by the way. <laughs> Hillary Clinton, Nephilim DNA, and the Antichrist was episode 21. And this was after we had done the unhinged episode seven, Alien Invasion Incoming uh, in January, where we predicted the alien invasion. So you're welcome, you guys. Um, but the, this Nephilim one is our biggest Rumble and RSS episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not even close, actually. Uh, this one, this one, yeah. Outside of YouTube, where it's completely banned. Uh, this is our biggest episode. It, 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 honestly, I don't think it would have been on YouTube because Balenciaga, that episode really blew up on YouTube for us, which was, which was great. Um, this was a, this was a fun episode to do. I think it was, it, it I feel like it's another one of those threads that I'm going to continue to pull on for a while. Uh, we both kept thinking at some point we have to read, um, why am I blanking on this? Help me out here. Oh, the book of Enoch, the book of Enoch and, uh, do- dive into this stuff. And uh, yeah, there's so much to talk about here. So I don't know if we have anything more to say about it today, but if you haven't watched this episode or listened to it, uh, do so, please. It's really good. And I think that we'll be talking about the Nephilim a lot more in the future. Yeah, I did have a little a tangent to pull up here. We have a TikTok to show, I think, yep. about DNA. Yeah, this is interesting because I posted something last week about how I think 23andMe is a way for them to basically find out where dormant Nephilim DNA is. Uh, some people liked it. Some people didn't, but I still, I've never trusted 23 and me. So yeah, let's get into this TikTok real quick. We don't know how many donor conceived people. Oh, it's- let's talk about why accidental incest is a massive worry for donor conceived people. Reason number one, we don't know how many donor conceived people exist within the United States. That is not an exaggeration whatsoever. We have absolutely no number to go off on. There is no kind of registry. There is no kind of estimate. We really don't have an accurate idea. Many of our papers were destroyed. Banks close, clinics get rebranded. We have no idea how many donor conceived people exist. Second, the more people take commercial DNA tests, the more that we find the sibling pods are much bigger than we expected. The amount of sibling pods that we have found that contain over a hundred kids or more are terrifying. And they are still making, to this day, pods of a hundred kids. That wasn't an old practice. Banks are still doing it. I have donors going on the record confirming that. Third, a huge amount of donor-conceived people don't know they're donor-conceived. For decades, doctors were telling the recipient parents not to tell donor-conceived people that they were donor-conceived. That was considered standard practice. Only recently did that start kind of changing. But we do know that there are some doctors who, to this day, tell the recipient parents, you don't need to tell your children that they're donor-conceived, it's fine. So there are God knows how many people still walking around to this day having no idea that they should be getting their partners tested to see if they have more in common other than their love of hiking. Let's talk about why accidental incest... Yeah, that's incest- creepy. I, <laughs> I don't know. I think the whole... 
I have a lot of problems with the whole uh, using people as baby pods kind of concept. This comes back to the whole Nephilim DNA thing and this question mark that's starting to arise in my head of there seem to be certain men, Elon being one of them, Nick Cannon being another one, and Jeffrey some Epstein of these being a third, massive actually. donors yeah. being others who seem very, very keen on spreading their DNA. And why is that? Yeah. Why is it? <laughs> Honestly, the more I study the I Nephilim know. stuff, the more I think that there is... Uh, we talked about the bloodlines and stuff like that. We'll get into it in a deeper episode. You can go back and watch that one if you want, if you're curious about what I'm talking about. But I think that there's tons of evidence in the Bible itself that uh, the Nephilim bloodlines did not end at the flood and that they obviously continued in the Canaanites and, and people like Goliath and stuff like that. Uh, we talk about the Kandahar giant in Iraq. I think that there's something going on there, some revelation stuff about building an army of people by with DNA. I think that's why there's a huge obsession amongst the elite with DNA. Uh, 23andMe is a part of it. We'll get into I think we need to get in more into that in a future episode. But And it's tied directly into the, the LGBT community um, because right. that's often who is using these, <clears throat> these donor services. I mean, tons of people who are infertile are, are using donor services, but it is inextricably linked to the LGBTQ community. And there's no better proof of that than this Chuck Schumer tweet that came out this week. He says, joy to the world, and then announces this baby that his uh, daughter and uh, her wife had, uh, presumably with some sort of donor, because that's, that's not, not how, how science works. works. <laughs> <laughs> the joy to the world. I mean, what do, you, what do you think of that phrasing? I've said this for a while, but I find it really odd that... Uh, you know, we're told the handmaid's tale is a bad thing. And then we also are told it's great when two men get together and use women as a, as a birthing pot. I mean, they're just literally doing the handmaid's tale on the opposite side. All the people that are complaining about it. So I, I don't know. I have problems with this. We don't have to get into a whole theological debate about it, but I just, I have serious concerns and questions about this practice. And I think when you look at the donor pods of like, hey, you might be dating your sibling because you have no idea who your dad is, uh, is probably an issue. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was that news that dropped <clears throat> that now if you are an organ donor, you uh, you're if you're a woman, your uterus can be used. <laughs> yeah, they want to use brain dead <laughs> women as birthing pods. Which is so much worse than artificial wombs. It's it's creepy. It's creepy. It's so creepy. You were grown in a dead body. Like what yeah. would that do to someone? I don't know. I don't trust. Oh I don't trust any of it. There's a reason why they want to make people sterile and then do this type of stuff. They want to be in control of children. They want to manipulate their DNA. They want to do something. There's a reason yeah. why, you know, we found out that that shot that gave everybody our age when we were teenagers caused them to be infertile. I don't remember which one it was, but that the studies came out that it caused massive amounts of people our age to become infertile uh, because of that uh, vaccine. Uh, this episode's so demonetized. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that's it, it. I think there's a I think there's something nefarious going on there. Yeah. All right. So. I are our episode 22. I had so much fun with this one. Cannibalism and vampirism in mythology <clears throat> and Hollywood. So we both read the book of Enoch. Uh, PJ went the direction of Hillary Clinton and Nephilim DNA and the Antichrist. And I went the direction of cannibalism and vampirism. And um, 
lots of fun. We talked about all the cryptids that drink blood and eat. Um, and we talked about satanic rituals in Hollywood. We talked about so much stuff in this episode and I had fun pulling so many different things together. But um, I have some terrible, terrible news for you all. Terrible news. You're going to be heartbroken. Um, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly broke up. So I will never believe in love again. <laughs> I mean, they, they use each other's blood for satanic ritual purposes only. Uh, but you know what? I actually went to pull up an article on that, and I, I'm not sure that's true. I saw the articles from yesterday about Eminem and uh, Megan Fox, and now I'm seeing this article. Megan Fox, Machine Gun Kelly reunite <laughs> as breakup rumors swirl. So don't worry, guys. The satanic duo that drinks each other's blood for ritual purposes only uh, might still be together. So there's some hope I mean, in the world. <laughs> just shows that that blood rituals are thicker than cheating because that is what Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly did. <laughs> Can we put that on a T-shirt? Blood rituals no. are thicker than cheating. PJ, no one's wearing. <clears throat> no that. one's buying that shirt. I'll wear it. Um, anyway. Oh, we, we got another one will. for the tally. Another <laughs> another episode that J- that gave Jess nightmares. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, feel bad about that one because I was so fascinated with it. I didn't realize how creepy it was until we got halfway through it. People were like, oh, this is that was a dark episode, but we didn't expect it to be. And it was like, oh, wow, that was dark. (sighs) Oh, man. Um, Which kind of leads right into the Grammys and the Super Bowl performance. So if you've been on the Internet at all in the past couple of weeks, you've seen the world kind of blowing up over the Sam Smith performance at the Grammys overtly satanic um really just like you'd have i don't even know even the normie (coughs) liberals were like yeah let's worship satan nbc (laughs) literally said that in a tweet that they deleted that sam smith was like hey we're getting ready for the grammy's performance we're ready to worship it's so weird to me because we talked about this we got another episode coming out tomorrow. Maybe this was in that. I don't remember what we talked about on that episode that we just recorded before we did this one. <laughs> but uh, it seems like what they do, because we're talking about like Rihanna as well, right? Is they'll they'll do a really uber satanic ritual and then they'll do one that's less overtly satanic and people will be like, oh, see, wasn't that nice? And this is how they've been doing it for ever. This is how incrementalism works. And that's why I want you guys to understand. It's the art of the deal. Donald Trump literally wrote about this. And yet the other side seems to understand this better than we do. You oversell and then you take a step back and you're still ahead of your goal because your first was an oversell. This is how you, this is how it works. So when they do the overtly satanic Sam Smith ritual in front of the world, then they can do the less overtly satanic ritual of, of Rihanna's performance. And people will just be like, yeah, she was dressed in red twerking while pregnant in front of a bunch of hazmat suited people while wearing a pentagram on her belt and holding up an Illuminati symbol for the world to see. But wasn't that so much better than Sam Smith? The Stockholm syndrome Gosh, is real nuts. Yeah, they're it's, so blatantly open about it now. Trace like that's the thing they don't even hide anymore. And like that's that's why this stuff is so important to talk about because I mean, that's what Candace Owens was like. Like you guys, Rihanna went back to hiding. We should celebrate that. Oh my gosh. No, I'm sorry. Candace was so incredibly wrong. It bothered me. Um, Sometimes I love Candace because she's willing to talk about conspiracy theories yeah. when almost no other was mainstream conservative voice is willing to. And sometimes I do not like her at all because she's so in love with elite culture. Elite culture. Yeah. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. Cause her episode today, and I don't listen to her very often, but her episode today about 
Bluebeam was spot on. I mean, it was really good because uh, yeah. she's willing to talk about that stuff. But then she's like, but also, you know, I mean, as long as Rihanna's not as overtly satanic as the other people, then this is something like, we should celebrate. At least <clears> she <throat> just like stuck her hand in her crotch and, and smelled it as opposed to like showing her boobs. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't understand the thought process. We're here. going to talk about this more in the future because we really do need to get into Aleister Crowley and stuff like that. <clears throat> but the idea that satanic sex rituals is a strictly gay thing is just not true. Uh, so like I heard people making that argument that she couldn't be performing uh, Philema magic sex rituals because she's a woman or something. It's just not. We'll, we'll get into it in the future. But if you don't know about Aleister Crowley, be prepared. That's another one. Jess will have nightmares. Uh, but I'm telling you, Hollywood going all the way back to like JPL and the, the foundation of Scientology and all this stuff is extremely dark and twisted and there mm-hmm. it's never gone away. It's just gotten more in your face. And that's what's surprising to me is it used to be you'd hide it. You'd be, uh, why can't I think of their name right now? Not the doors. They were satanic too. Um, Led Zeppelin and you'd buy Aleister Crowley's house and perform two weeks of satanic sex rituals to record an album mm-hmm. and you would do it in secret. And now it's just like, Hey, let's do the Travis Scott thing where we put a gateway that says, welcome to hell. And you have to like, submit to being a part of the satanic the satanic ritual and then people get possessed and die and everybody's just like yeah this is just normal mainstream music stuff so crazy to me i'll get off my tangent now yeah i think that it's really easy to have a blind spot for our heroes and i i I know that i've done the same thing any any conservative celebrity who has paid me any type of attention online i find i have a blind spot for when they do questionable things. And I think that Candace is the exact same way um, when any elite who has paid her attention, um, who she considers a friend wants to claim as a friend. She, she doesn't see very well when they act badly and won't call it out. Yeah, it was yeah. true of Kanye too. Yep. Uh, it's, it's talking about thing. people who won't call out their friends. The next episode <laughs> is perfect. Uh, Eliza blue survivor grifter or MK ultra. Man, it has been so interesting to watch Big Con just unravel in the past couple weeks. I mean, Crowder stuff we talked about in bonus episodes, then this Eliza Blue stuff hit lots of drama. It seems like all the drama is like centered around Jeremy from the quartering, but it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's so weird. The Eliza Blue thing, again, we won't get into the whole episode. You can go back and watch if you haven't. But since then, Shane Cashman wrote a puff piece about her, which was just sickening. Videos came out of her grinding on all the guys behind the scenes of Tim Pool. And uh, Tim's threatened to, what, quit and retire. And he took down Shane Cashman's piece. And it's been weird. And then... If you want to get into the grifter angle, Eliza went, well, actually, anyone who ever posted a picture of me online that I got paid to put online myself is sex trafficking. me." (laughs) So she's changed the definition again. Um, Amazing. Things just truly amazing. I think we got this one right on the money with it. I think that she is uh, actually not just a grifter. I think she's a bad actor. In a lot of in a lot of bad ways. It's funny because we were some of the first people to cover the in the bonus part on Rumble, the uh, Eve's Angels thing, and now I'm seeing other people like Jeremy covering this. I think that's funny. Yeah, and I think it's it's worth mentioning with Eliza. A lot of people have have pointed out that it was good to report it, but then it seems like people just kept hammering it over and over and saying I've the same things that. over and over and making money on it. 
And I do think that there's a there's something to be said for reporting a story and letting it breathe. <clears throat> Just say what you need to say, update if more information comes out, but I don't know <clears throat> if it's helpful to just, I think sometimes we want an enemy and the conservative movement decided Eliza Blue was the enemy and she's, I think she's a shit person. Right. But I don't think I don't, she... I don't think they, that the people who are attacking her are all doing it in good faith. I think they really wanted to create a battle between themselves and Tim Pool and whoever for... Mm-hmm. And again, I agree. When you're streaming about her four hours a day for what's now three weeks in a row... Just let it like move on. It's not that interesting. She doesn't deserve it's not like, that interesting. Like, yeah, it exactly. Is, but she doesn't merit it. The story is not hours of content. Enough. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's not that she is such a good person that she doesn't deserve it. It's that she's not interesting enough to deserve it. Yeah. There's better things to talk about. But I, it seems like Tim Pool kind of unraveled a little bit. Um, and then the Sydney Watson Elijah Schaefer. Um, yeah. It's been Lawsuit a wild dropped. couple of months. And I feel awful for Sydney. I I find that she is not someone that goes chasing drama. In fact, it seems like if she had it her way, none of this stuff about the lawsuit would even be public. She she has not issued any statements. She's she's being silent. Um people are speaking for her, but it I am inclined to believe her in that particular situation. I, I won't comment just because I don't know much about it, but I think you're probably right uh, from the little I do know. <clears throat> yeah. um, so then we had another couple of guests on after this. That was a very fun episode. We've actually, you know, been streaming with Tom for a while, but we got to have Radix on and Radix is super fun. Uh, she was one of the people good. that I uh, leaned on some of her research for the Eliza Blue stuff. She just does a, such a good job of covering things. We got to talk about the Whitner, Whitmer Fednapping hoax and uh, kind of promote her film that's going to be coming out at the end of this year. Um, this was this was fun. Radix was a great guest, I think. I I love her. I think she's got such a good <clears throat> perspective, so grounded in like the realities of politics and and things that are happening, but she again not afraid to take on the conspiracy theories and just she's really grounded in the truth, but she also asks the right questions. She's right. pretty cool. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And that one was just important to me because being in Michigan uh, having witnessed this and seeing how somehow Whitmer's gotten away with everything that took down other governors is crazy. I mean, it didn't take down Newsom, but he at least had a down. recall, <laughs> you know, uh, Cuomo yeah. went down, but yeah, she really was down. <laughs> uh, and this brings us to the last episode besides this one of season one, where we got to bring on another uh, Maddie. We got to bring Maddie back, which was super fun. Um, I, I enjoy talking to Matt. He's a good he's a good dude. I have to admit I haven't I haven't watched this episode yet because <laughs> the only content I am consuming is the Murdoch trial. Yeah. Doesn't even watch my episode on Bincy Masters Born to be a Karate Meister. If you guys want to see that one, <laughs> it's over on uh it's over on uh, Odyssey now as well as Locals. That was just a fun. I just had fun doing that one. But uh, yeah, I, I flew solo this week. Abby was caught up in meetings, but it was a lot of fun. So anything. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, man, this has been I got to say, guys, this has been a super fun night getting to chat with you guys, uh, getting to look back at what we've done over six months. And I want to talk about the future, what we've got coming up uh, 
you know, what we're going to be planning, uh, what kind of things you guys would like to see. So please head over to Rumble, head over to Odyssey. We're going to move our show over to there and talk with you guys. And I just want to hear what uh, what you guys would like to see in the future, what you guys' favorite memories of the first season was, uh, any suggestions, anything like that. We'll just talk with you guys for about 20 minutes over there. And uh, thank you guys again so much. This has been a fun episode. I had fun with this, Abby. I don't know if you did. But. Me too. I'm I'm in my alcohol. It's been good. <laughs> That's how you know it's been a good show. All right. We will see you guys on Odyssey and Rumble. Thank you so much for the people on YouTube. I don't know if this will stay up or not, but... Uh, Again, that's why you gotta that's why you gotta follow us on the other channels. And for you audio listeners, if you want the full podcast with all that stuff, if you want an audio only version, you guys can come over to conspiracypill.locals.com. And even without uh, having to pay five dollars a month, you can get the full podcast with the uh, extended part for the audio listeners. We got one more thing over here from YouTube. John Ste- uh, Stephenson says, uh, "Super chat ten dollars." 10 days, way too much arguing, blocking, etc. between libertarians on Twitter seems to be one of those. Well, seems to be one, one group. group of folks. What, uh, is that about the Eliza Blue stuff? Um, I think it's that and, and other things. There's just a lot of drama. The conservative move, we should, we'll talk about it more over on Rumble, but it seems like something is shaking up the conservative movement. And I want to know if it's a conspiracy, if it's a psyop, or if it's just tension coming to a head at the right time. I think it's a bit of both, but we'll talk about it on Rumble. See you guys there or on Odyssey. Peace out, everyone. God bless. (laughs) 